If you think I'm going to hell, don't dance to my music. If you think I'm going to hell, don't dance to my music. But if you believe in love, then maybe it's enough. If you think I'm going to hell, it's time to make your mind up. Quit trying to break a man down. I'm free to be myself when I'm alone. This time we gotta stand up. Welcome to another episode of A People's Theology. I'm the host of A People's Theology, Mason Menega. In this episode, I talk with Adrian Gibbs and Josh Link. Adrian and Josh are the podcast hosts of the Dirty Rotten Church Kids. Also musically featured throughout this episode is Trey Pearson. Trey is a pop artist from Ohio. You can get connected with Adrian, Josh, and Trey and their work in the links in the episode description. If you're a fan of A People's Theology, it would bring me no greater joy than if you gave the podcast a five-star rating and review. Tell me what you like about the podcast. Also, if you feel so inclined, please support my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash There are multiple tiers with wonderful rewards, including papers I write to even a book club. Enough of my rambling. Enjoy more inspiring and liberating theology. Dance. I hear what you've been saying. Maybe you thought it'd make you look better I see you try to run from love But you got the same demons to weather Who you trying to fool? Cause you ain't fooling me Who you trying to be? Cause this how you are see Got your back against the wall I see Today we have Josh Link and Adrian Gibbs with us And these two are not only the co-hosts for the Dirty Rotten Church Kids. I don't know if you've heard of them before, but they also are the best dads in the world. I just wanted to be sincere for a second. Wow, oh, that was, thanks, I man. really wasn't sure what you were going to go with on I that. I thought you said ads at first. Yeah, they are the best ads. It's like, okay. <laughs> but then I'm no. like, maybe, maybe he meant dads. That's incredibly kind of you. Thank you, dude. I thanks, just man. wanted to say that. I've seen like videos of Josh skating around with his kids. I'm like, come on, that's like... The best dad. You know, I would have paid so much money as a kid to have a dad who was like going to places like Furnace Fest and skating. And, you know, that would just been awesome. But no, I got the dad who was like into Striper and Newsboys. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I would have had a dad. I would have rather had a dad who was into Striper and Newsboys than a dad who was into Carmen. Just, you know, I don't know. It just feels like a tear down. It does. At least Striper has like some vibe. Here's you know, Striper, Striper has, has swag. <laughs> well, Carmen just has uh, shoulder pads. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. Just shoulder pads. Shoulder pads give off the uh, illusion of swag. <laughs> you got to earn that shit, Carmen. <laughs> yeah, man. What a poser. <laughs> I see you. That's what we came on here to say. Yeah, we just want to we just want to shit on on the memory of Carmen and his shoulder pads. Poor Sorry, guy. Mason. He just died last year. Come on, like give it a second. Too soon. I know. It's because he was he was a poser, man. <laughs> Posers dies. <laughs> that should be the title of the episode. Carmen was a poser. The thing is, you just gotta change the P to an L, and he's a loser. Yeah, man. Poser or loser. loser. No, the English oh. language sucks. It's yeah, loser. Yeah. loser. Sorry. Well, as if you couldn't already tell, this episode's gonna be a little different than I normally do, right? Like I normally chat with theologians or whoever about theology. We'll talk a little bit about that, but in a very different way. So I decided to to really dumb the episode down. There you go. 
There it is. And I really don't know if there's any other qualifications for you guys other than your dads and podcast hosts. <laughs> That's pretty much our personality. Now. <laughs> That's pretty much it. But uh, yeah, instead of doing like more theological stuff, we're going to do a ex-evangelical theological fantasy draft. It's kind of a mouthful. Uh, no purity culture. Um, but what we're going to be doing with this ex-evangelical theology fantasy draft is we have five different rounds, okay? And each round we have a category and we have to pick from one of those categories. We have to make a choice. We have to, we have to select something from that category. And hopefully after all these five rounds, one of us will probably have the best team assembled, if you will. So sort of think of it as like a sports draft and you're trying to draft the best players and assemble the best team. So, you know, and that we'll leave it up to debate of who has the best team and we'll we'll fight with each other about who has the best team at the end. But uh, hopefully this will bring out some of the the more lighthearted and more ridiculous parts of evangelical culture, especially for those who those of us who grew up in the evangelical world. Uh, Are you guys ready for this? 100%. Are you ready? Yeah, man. I mean, yes. I'll leave it at that. I, I, I want to. I don't want to show my hand too. Oh early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I have some good picks. Okay, I've got um, some good ones too. And and also, uh, I don't really appreciate this game. I had to go and excavate some memories. I would. I yeah. sup- I've suppressed for so long, and I did this in the service of your of your podcast, Mason. Oh, so I hope you can live with that. You're the only one we do this for. I feel so special. I'm so excited for this. So. For example, one of the rounds, in fact, our first round will be the most cliche evangelical Bible verse, right? So one of us is going to pick, or all three of us are going to pick our choice of the most cliche evangelical Bible verse. None of us have conspired with one another, so we don't know who's drafting what. And so that's kind of the the idea right around it. So with that said, because I'm the host, I feel like I should draft last and then we can just kind of alternate. So I'll draft first on the next round. But Josh, would you like to draft first and then Adrian and then myself? Sure. And then we can just kind of alternate. So Adrian, you'll probably always get the second pick. Sounds good. If that works cool. for you. All right. So Josh, we're going to go with round one. You get the first pick. So you're on the clock. Mm-hmm. The most cliche evangelical bible verse what's your pick with my first round pick i choose jeremiah 29 11 son of a bitch <sighs> i knew someone was gonna get it so i did i pick it first for i know the plans i have for you declares the lord mm-hmm. plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope mm-hmm. and a future and the thing is i've never heard that verse apart from the song that adrian mm-hmm. is currently humming it was always like mm-hmm. fucking always there you would think that uh, the prophet Jeremiah wrote that verse specifically for high school graduates. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or Pinterest boards everywhere. Yes. Or uh, Etsy shops. Yes. Uh, Etsy's just like uh, just spray painted onto some wooden pallets. Yeah. <laughs> or that, shiplap. Yes. <laughs> In uh, home goods. <laughs> yeah. Definitely a home goods everywhere. Yep. But yeah, that verse is just uh, the reason I chose that one is because uh, very few verses have been as misconstrued, manipulated, twisted, like really old Plato to fit whatever right sermon illustration or like punctuation on a thing. Yeah. It's kind of the one that's easiest to remember. It is. It's really easy to remember. It's, yeah, yeah. it's just so ridiculous. It has been used in the, just the most weird ways in the weirdest context. It's a really good pick. It would have probably been my second choice. So it's yeah. up there. It's a good one. So I, I feel pretty confident with that one. 
Yeah, you should. That, that's a good. That's a good first pick. That's a good number one overall pick. So Adrian's next, right? Is this how this goes? Yep. Up? So Adrian's next. All right, Adrian, with the second pick overall, what's your, your first round pick going to be? Uh, I'm going to take it for the red, white, and blue here. I'm going to go with Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my Ooh. people, oh. which are called by my name, <laughs> shall humble themselves and pray, it's me, Carmen, and seek my face and turn from their <laughs> wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. That sounded more like Transformers. Uh, sorry, uh, Terminator. <laughs> okay, I was going to say, I did sound like Terminator. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for like a fife, but yeah. That's a great pick. Why is that your pick? So, so to me, this uh, scripture has been hijacked by the like evangelical right, like mm-hmm. the like hyper Christian nationalist, like, you know, like a MAGA flag with like a, a Jesus fish on it. Yeah. And it's this whole thing that basically equates that uh, a nation that pursues God is like the same thing as an American nation that pursues mm, God. Yeah, so it has become like synonymous. We're like, see, see, this is why the liberal, uh, the liberal left is ruining our country uh, because, uh, you know, we haven't humbled ourselves. And we need to just go back to the to the good old days, the ways of the Lord. And it's like, good old days for who? Anyway. Yeah, that's a good pick. That's a good pick. My first round pick. I can't believe one of you didn't pick this one. I feel like it's easily the mo- most cliche one. Although I do think Jeremiah 29, 11 is really good. And so my pick is going to be Philippians 4.13. Shout out to oh, all the jocks oh. out there. That's a good one. I can do all things in Christ who strengths, strengthens me. That's, you know, one of the classic evangelical verses. Like, I mean, that, that's, that's the kind of verse that even like the non-Christian people, they know that one. Yep. Yep. Like if you went to an Easter Sunday, then you're cool with Philippians 4.13. Right. Yeah. Thanks, Tim Tebow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Speaking of which, that would have been my other pick. We can maybe talk about some of the other picks, but. Uh, John three sixteen would have been my other one, and I think that was like Tebow's whole thing is he would wear John three sixteen on his on his little eye thing or whatever. Sports ballers, they're really big into it. Back in the day, I, I used to shop at Forever Twenty One because I was a cool kid, and uh, they they stopped selling uh, men's clothing at the Forever Twenty One by me, so I just stopped going there. But I always remembered that if I went to Forever Twenty One, I would buy some clothes, and at the bottom of their bag, it said John three sixteen, and I was like, oh, they're what? so cool. They're doing this for the Lord. They're selling this this clothing for the Lord. What? Were they owned yeah. by a Christian? I don't know. Imagine if they weren't. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it was one of our local pastors. He was just, <laughs> just going in with just like a just little sticker <laughs> machine, and he was just like sticking all the bottoms of the That's the, his the ministry. <laughs> I love it. All right. So second round. That that was a good first round, by the way. Oh, we've we've made some we made some good picks. Second round. Christianese phrase with the worst theology. Christianese phrase with the worst theology. All right, so I think because I went last last time, my turn. I feel like this is one that I hear so often and is first off people think of it as if it's in the Bible and it really isn't. And also it's just like the worst theology. And that Don't is it. Don't say it. God helps those who help themselves. Mm-hmm. You hear it everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's also one of those uh phrases that would be on shiplap. And it's just the worst to think that God would only help those who have the privileges in life 
uh, to be able to do all the things that uh, they're able to do without any help from anybody else. Just like the, the worst theology. It's like the opposite of like liberation theology, where it's like God is on the side of the oppressed. Like this is like the theology of the privilege. Like it's God only helps those who help themselves. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. the and it also worst. is like really, Christianity. Yeah, it's really contradictory to Philippians four thirteen. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah, that's me. true. Like, that's so funny. Which, one, which one is it, dude? <laughs> it's like the same jock, and he just like. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that doesn't really make sense. So that's my pick for the second round. I can think nice. of a couple other ones, but maybe one of you will pick it. So, yeah. Adrian, right. back to you. So I'm going to go with one that was often uh, touted at me from my Filipina mother, and she would say, "Naki, cleanliness." Is next to godliness. Oh, that's a good one. That's, that's a, a good. I pick. was like, wait a minute. So God has a clean, has a tidy room. Mm. Like God doesn't have like pee pee sprinklets on the toilet. That's what basically my mom was was saying. So cleanliness is next to godliness. Uh, is so interesting uh, because I think I, from from a theological standpoint, I think it's interesting that it basically separates God from anything that could remotely resemble pain, strife, toil, like dirt you know yeah, which, which mm-hmm. or, or earth you know what i'm saying like all of human existence right it's not clean enough so it's not godly enough and i just think that's been used as uh it can be it can be used to justify like a lot of us versus them-ness mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. what i mean yeah that's my pick that's a good one that's a good pick all right josh let's hear it second round pick i was scared someone was going to pick this one i'm glad none of you guys did hate the sin love the sinner Mm. Oh, nowhere in the Bible. One. We hate the sin of the LGBTQIA community, but we love we them. We love still. them. No. Oh, no. yeah. No. Shut up. There's a, a really good guy I found on TikTok in the wake of the Dave Chappelle special and all, all the controversy around that. His name is The Conscious Lee, L E E. Um, he's on Instagram and TikTok by the same handle. Uh, but one of the things he said is anything after butt is shit. <laughs> so like, we, we love them, but right, nah. right. so the love the sinner, hate the sin, however you want to phrase it, not in the Bible. And what the fuck? <laughs> I feel like that, that phrase of his though, uh, everything after the, butt is complete shit. Yeah. Uh, there might be some kink shaming going on in that. Oh, uh, that's yeah, true. I, How I, dare you, sir? Short sighted. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> what's wrong with shit? so problematic, <laughs> Josh? If there is one kink to shame, I'm pretty sure it's okay with shit stuff. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's a theological shit stuff. Yeah. So yeah, we, we can get onto that on uh, Mason's other podcast called uh, "Shit Stuff After Dark." Shit stuff after mm. dark with Mason Minigan. All right, you just went third round. Here mm. we go. Calvinist pastor, you most want to slap, Josh. Let's hear it. So I, I could go two ways on this, and it depends if I want to slap back and I want an altercation, or I want like a one-hit KO. Um, <laughs> Let's assume it's a KO. Well, the thing is, with the one-hit KO, I don't think I need much muscle behind this because I'd be slapping the shit out of John Piper. John oh, Piper, that's a good one. Just good because one. Um, I'd also request uh, that a, 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 a slow mo camera be there. Because he's so old, I just want to see the slow motion of like the skin on his face as I hit it. Like the slow motion. You ever seen like a person yeah. with like loose skin get hit? Yeah. And he is probably old enough where his like skin, because it's just so loose, it probably wouldn't actually go back to his face right away. Kind just of go be- back and forth. Yeah. Like my mom like, is old slow. enough where you like pull her like skin off of her hand up and it just like slowly goes back. And I'm like, mom, that means you're old. Yeah. So I would, I would do that. 
and I, I think I think he would enjoy it though. I think that's why I was hesitant to, to pick him because this uh, whole thing's fair like point, fair point. Yeah, less of me is more of God. So he'd be like, less of me, less of me, yes. Right, like, right. God, God, God is being glorified yeah. in his pain. Yeah, yeah so, totally, for sure. Yeah. I won't say my other pick and I don't want to steal anyone's thunder. But yeah, John Piper, I think is an easy smack and I get on my day. He's on the floor. Yep. And Abraham Piper yep. walks on top and makes a TikTok about it and stuff. Yeah, so. for sure. I just had dinner with Abraham Piper. Well, not had dinner. I happened to be at the same restaurant that he was at at the same time, uh, like a few weeks ago. Mason, what, what do you think having dinner? Those are two very different things, man. When I said it, I was like, wait, that's not at all what happened. I just so happened to be in the same place at the same time. That's all that happened. Okay, okay I get it, I get it, I get it. I, I went to the movies with Steven Seagal. We both saw the same movie from the comfort of our own homes. We rented it <laughs> within like a week span of each other. With that logic, I saw a football game with an entire football team. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> the same room was so much. <laughs> That's so good. But that must have been cool. Did you at least say hi? Or were you like, yeah, I did up? say hi. And he and I have been following each other for a while. So it was like kind of cool. Hell I was yeah, like, hey, nice we, we've never you. met each other in person. So I went up there. I was like, hey, I'm Mason. And he's like, oh, yeah, like I know you are. And kind of left it at that. So both have like long, luscious locks. Yeah, dude. Beautiful long hair. He is, It's kind of hard to believe he's probably what in his 50s, maybe. You would never assume, especially yeah. from his hair, you would never assume that he's 50 something. He's a, he's a good looking dude. Yeah. Good looking dude. All right. Adrian. Adrian's turn. Round three. Calvinist pastor you most want to slap. Get him. All slap right. him. So this is going to be easy. I knew that this was, you were at a crossroads and you went, you zigged. So I'm going to zag. I'm going to go with the Joe Rogan of Calvinist oh, pastors, fuck. the one and only Mr. Mark Driscoll. <laughs> Mr. How dare you himself. Mr. Penis home himself. Mr. I, I, my favorite uh, sexual pleasure is for my wife to brush my hair himself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's got to be Mark, man. Yeah. How dare you? It's got to be him. Yeah. And, and he's just become in the limelight recently because of that podcast. And like everybody's like starting to like, oh, yeah, I remember how shitty he was. Yeah. And, and he just did like this whole video about how like Jesus wouldn't have been woke, which is so funny. Uh, he's like, Jesus would not have been one of the woke. Whatever. So that that is, man, that's, that's an easy. That's a slow pitch and yeah. if i can brag about adrian my, my buddy and fellow dad over here adrian's been hitting some iron recently oh so mark driscoll better fucking watch out. watch out oh yeah yeah watch out buddy it's gonna be a slap that everyone hears <laughs> yeah yep i don't know if you've seen his face recently his face if you hit it the right way i think that would have one of the best slaps it just looks like not only does his face look very slappable but also just the shape of it is just like a it like feels like it would hit your hand really well like a really good high five with a friend. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, wow. like a really. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It just, his face one. looks perfect for it. So yeah. I think it would be a very satisfying slap. Not not only beyond like the fact that he's an asshole and you get to slap this asshole, but also the fact that his face is just like perfectly shapen for a slap. I think it would be a like actually good sounding slap. It would be like those like videos you see of like like uh, very satisfying things that happen in life. So like <laughs> a perfectly yeah. uh, crafted, like soft serve snow cone that just lands perfectly. Or like things that just like a perfectly glided scissor through paper, like just slapping the face would be aesthetically and emotionally pleasing. Yep, absolutely. Well, uh, you stole my top two picks. So I'm going to resort to my, my third option. And that is John MacArthur. I feel oh. like at one point, John MacArthur <laughs> would have been 
probably equally slappable as John Piper, but John Piper over, and I think a lot of it is just John Piper is so weird with his like tweets and how kinky they yeah. sound. And you don't really yeah. get that as much with John MacArthur other than like, I think he in the last year has come back into the limelight because he was like one of the first churches that like refused to wear masks and stuff. Yeah. But John MacArthur has probably just as long of a legacy of being an asshole as John Piper has. And I feel like he's still a really good pick as a this Calvinist dude bro that's just a total asshole. And he like, invented the John MacArthur Bible, like yeah, which I Bible? still have to this day, and I feel really guilty about it. Yeah, yeah. What, what are you using it for? Uh, it's somewhere. It, it's it is collecting dust somewhere in my basement. I don't know where it is exactly. I should burn it. I have another Bible that I ended up getting for college or for seminary, but yeah, I shouldn't have that. You slap it like a voodoo style. You just slap the Bible oh, yeah, really that's hard. Good. Yeah, and just hope that somewhere like he just feels like yeah, a little that would be a little sting or whatever in the back of his neck. Yeah. That would be great. I think yeah. so. That would be nice. Is that my sciatica acting up? No, it's Mason slapping <laughs> his Mason copy of with my his book. voodoo Bible. <laughs> yeah. That would be nice. But uh, yeah, so I would have picked probably Driscoll for my first, but uh, yeah, John MacArthur feels like a still pretty good solid pick. Yeah, I have one that I don't think, that I think is maybe a surprise pick that I think could kind of be sitting in the wings. He, okay. he wouldn't have been my first pick. He probably, but there, he did something recently. And this is uh, uh, the one and only Kevin D. Young. Oh, and it's yeah. Not because of his face, it's because of an article he wrote for the Gospel Coalition mm. that talks about the sin of empathy. Yeah. Oh, that guy. Okay, like, I forgot that he was the one that wrote that. Oh yeah, that was him. So he basically was like, you know, like weep with those who weep. Like it's such an interesting thing that Paul supposedly said, but like surely Paul didn't want you to weep with someone if they weren't weeping over biblical things. So uh, basically his code for like, hey man, if you're in mourning, can you please give me a theological definition of why you're mourning? And then I shall support you. I went to a really small reform college in Iowa. The city itself that my college was in was 5,000 people, right? So it's a very, very oh. small town in the middle of nowhere in Iowa. And Kevin DeYoung's first job out of seminary as a pastor, as a lead pastor, was in that town. Now, granted, I never actually went to that church while he was there, but I knew a lot of people who knew Kevin DeYoung very well, who used to have him as his pastor. And mm-hmm. uh, needless to say, I'm not surprised that he would write such a horrible thing like he did. Oh, I, I, you know, so I'm, I'm thinking about now. I'm just yeah, thinking going, about dude, Don't stop. Paul Washer, dude. No. How did we forget Paul no. Washer? No, don't even involve him. In that this. dude is just so slappable. Forgot about Paul Washer. Sorry. That's a, a, Paul a Washer honorable wears, mention. Paul Washer wears suits without getting them tailored. <laughs> he, he's, yeah. Every suit looks is like too big. No, he looks like a backup dancer for MC Hammer. Everything is too big. <laughs> Talking about fire and brimstone. Why don't you MC Hammer dance yourself off the stage, Paul? I can't stand that guy, dude. Yeah. He's such a wannabe, like, like tough boy. I don't even know if he believes what he talks about. He says it with enough fervor and people put enough right. like hip hop beats behind his stuff on YouTube. Make like cool. Right. He's talking about sermon jams. Yeah. Sermon jams. Classic sermon jams. But God, I just, something about him. I'm like, man, if anyone raised their hand at it, like back in front of him, I think he'd run away. I think he's not here for it. Oh, I think okay. he's a poser. Yeah, he's, oh, he's him a poser. And Carmen. Him and Carmen, man. Posers die. Yeah. <laughs> It's like Mason's like stitches, Mason's like posers what? die. Man, Mason is. Reg- I'm watching the regret in Mason's face. <laughs> Fortunately, I'm not a Carmen fan, but my goodness, it feels like you have a personal vendetta against the guy. Yeah, man. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I think Satan bite the dust. I was so heavily invested in that, <laughs> and then I looked him up, 
um, when he passed away and I realized his hair color hadn't changed. Oh. And like, dude, don't don't dye your hair that black. To be honest, man. Yeah. But, but I mean, he, what do you expect? Shoulder pads. He was so tan. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And his his face was still like so like like just like slid against his face. Like he 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 like was getting face. Botox up the wazoo. Oh yeah. And probably his wazoo got Botox too. Who knows? Yeah, that's yeah, true. Up the wazoo. High man. and tight for the Lord. All right. Then, <laughs> yeah. All right. Round four. Round four. Your favorite creationist evidence. Ah, this so could be fun. So my favorite creationist evidence, mostly because of how absurd it was that even there were creationists that tried to somehow evidentially prove yeah. this. But that is dinosaur bones were put in the ground to test your faith. And this is something I heard growing up, although I was like in the creationist camp where I kind of was like open to like all different ways of thinking about creationism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wasn't necessarily sold on it, but I definitely knew all about it as and I just cannot believe that this was like a piece of evidence that they used to prove that like God created the world in six literal days, like six thousand years ago. It just blew my mind. But that's my pick. Dinosaur bones were put in the ground to test your faith. Who do they say they put the bones there? Probably was God who like, or or maybe oh, I don't know, maybe Satan, or yeah, maybe like Satan or something. I don't know. I I forget exactly who it was that put the bones in the ground. But one of That's them. That's a classic Satan move to put well, dinosaur bones. Yeah, in the as earth. Jesus, as God kicks Satan out of heaven, and the third of the angels with them, Satan's like, <laughs> like not taking these with me. Yeah, I'm thinking he's like throwing them off. Like, no, I'm gonna do this before I go to hell. No, got him. He's like, he's like Dwight throwing weapons out of his car. <laughs> right. Like freaking, as as a cop pulls him over, he's just throwing dinosaur bones askew. <laughs> Oh, that's the best visual. This will come back to haunt you in 6,000 years, God. (laughs) (laughs) Remember this moment. Satan is not evil. It's just really petty. (laughs) It's like they just had their breakup and they're like, all right, we're moving out now. And I'm just going to like tear up this entire apartment. Totally. That's amazing. Satan and God is like a romantic story. (laughs) I'm taking this. I'm taking this. That's what I need. It's like passive aggressive. And God's like, you can have Job for a bit and then I'll take him back. I can't wait for the hate sex part of the story between the two. (laughs) That's amazing. All right. uh, Adrian, number two. I've never heard of that one, Mason. That was good. That's a good one. So this is one that I honestly, I had to like think about Mm -hmm. where I was like, I don't even like, I have like brain dumped so much of this stuff i was like kind of like trying to remember and there was one that i remember like being brought up in like so many like kind of like biblical like college group sort of contexts where you're like just think about this and so my thing that they always said was that there are seashells on the tops of mountains to prove that of like like the oceans that covered the surface of the deep and then like the great flood and so like why would there be seashells on the tops of mountains I feel like I've heard that too. I hadn't even I hadn't heard that in a while. So I went back and found it. And it's like, well, no, this is just proof that like mountains like rose up like out yeah. of the sea, out of like the seafloor. But like for the life of me, man, like my whole life, I was like, this is proof, man. It's God. It's all God. Take that, Darwin. That's a that's a good one. I think I've heard of that before, maybe. I don't know. I would have to really go back in my answers in Genesis days. <laughs> yeah. It could just have been a, a guy who's like a person obsessed with Hollister and had a puka shell necklace and climbed a mountain and then died. <laughs> and then, and he, he died. Yeah, yeah. The puka shell. There you go. Yeah. But he actually, he actually went and made his mission to leave puka shells on top of the mountains. It's only a one in two chance that you actually make it to the top of Mount Everest anyway. So like the chances of like somebody, yeah, wearing one of those shells and just. It's gotta be God. <laughs> it's gotta be God. 
that's it. That's you're, all you're on Mount Everest, fucking trying to survive. You find a seashell. That's what you're focused on. <laughs> it's God. Like, dude, we follow the Sherpa. We got to move. We're going to freeze to yeah. death. We can't stop. We are out of food, sir. <laughs> but <food>. God, <laughs> I'm writing my Bible study moments. All right, sorry, go ahead. Josh, your favorite creationist science. This one was also my least favorite one to think about for the same reasons that Adrian said. I was super into this stuff when when I was really involved in the church, and I, I completely forgot about the specifics of this one, and I had to look it up. So this guy, Ray Comfort, was like the <laughs> fucking dude with Kirk Cameron, and yeah, always nice. talking about the way of the master. Uh, yeah, dude, yeah, way of the master, exactly. And he talked about bananas. What? He talked about how bananas were perfectly shaped and perfectly made. They peel perfectly. They're the, the, basically the shape of our hand. They're easy for us to consume and we can chew them. God made bananas perfectly. That's how creation exists. How we know there's a God because bananas are perfect for human consumption. It's like the, the clockmaker argument, except yes, for bananas. What the fuck? But the thing is, <laughs> the thing is, humans have genetically modified bananas over years to make them what they currently are. Sure. So when you go to, if you go to like a Publix, and buy like the most appealing looking bananas. That's not what, no. Like actual bananas have like a, a ton of seeds in them. They're very hard and like they're not fun to eat. But Ray Comfort and Kirk Cameron, you can look it up now, are sitting with, behind them. There's like <laughs> with bushels and bushels of bananas. <laughs> it, they're, they're like a beautiful backdrop of a lake and they're sitting in these director's chairs and Kirk Cameron has like this massive hard on for creationism. He's like, which looks like a banana. Yeah, would you tell him, Ray, a very small <laughs> banana. You tell him, Ray, a little plantain. I'm going to keep going on that. Okay, okay. Uh, you tell him Ray and Ray with his cool accent, which adds like credit to anything he says. He's like, totally. <laughs> he pulls out a fucking banana. <laughs> it's like an SNL sketch, dude. What? It's like, come on, Ray. Well, can you explain this? This was like, sir, that is a dildo. That's ridiculous, <laughs> man. That's ridiculous. Yeah. He, but a banana that has been genetically modified by humans over hundreds of years. Like, dude, Ray, come on, man. You should have asked someone before he busted out some produce. You should make a whole spoof about that, but then like basically make your argument that actually humans are gods. <laughs> you see this banana is perfect. God made a banana, which we then modified again and again and again and fed into the capitalist machine because that is the way God and exists. slowly as I'm talking, I become Jeff Bezos. I lose my hair. I have like a blue Mankind is God. We are God. Fucking <laughs> just ascend. Oh my God. Mason, that's priceless. Yeah, Ray Comfort. I mean, that guy was just a, 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 a wealth of just cringy late yeah. 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, stuff. that guy, the only thing he had going for him was his New Zealand accent, which yeah, you're right. He, like it does add like this level of, wow, he actually knows what he's talking about just simply because of his accent. Yeah, Kiwis for Christ. I'm all about it. <laughs> Kiwis yeah. for Christ. All right, round five, last round, worship song with the worst theology. Now you guys are former worship pastors, so I really expect a lot here. I've got a couple of my picks. I'm hoping one of you don't pick it, but uh, we'll see. All right, Josh, worship song with the worst theology. Okay, so um, context, I went to a lot of passion conferences, and uh, sometimes those songs, <laughs> I don't know who wrote them or for what purpose. And this is one of them. Even when I was deep into passion, I was like loving everything that was happening. When Chris Tomlin sings, sings God's Great Dance Floor, Okay, Chris, you're losing me. Okay. You're losing me. <laughs> here's here's the here's the chorus. I feel alive 
I come alive. I am alive on God's great dance floor. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck Chris is talking about. He repeats that ad nauseum. All, first of all, all of this is just like uh, Mad Libs fill in the blank. I'm coming back to the start where you found me. I'm coming back to, you guessed it, your heart. Now I surrender. Oh my God, <laughs> take me. Okay, this is all I can bring. And then he repeats that. You'll never stop loving us no matter how far we run. You'll never give up on us. All of heaven is shouting, let the future begin. Let the future begin. Take me. Okay, mm. that's kind of a 50 shades of something. And then uh, we're all on the God's great dance floor. 50 shades of Ray. Comfort. Yeah. Oh gosh, shut up. <laughs> I'm on God's great dance floor. Chris. Just a disco ball. <laughs> it's a very lonely dance. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus has bell bottom, but just him by himself. Like no one came to his party. Is it like his answer to Big House? <laughs> I don't know. But if there's God's great dance floor, that implies there's Satan's better dance floor. Yeah, dude. Where it's just a lot of better moves. Right. Right. Like a dance off. Yes. Yeah. God's great dance floor is a dance off between two uh, bitter embittered lovers. <laughs> yes. Right dude. before the, the great oh, dinosaur yeah, bone disposal. Like, yeah. <laughs> he should have like had a lyric where it's like God's dance floor where everybody leaves room for Jesus. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> exactly. Just a bunch of blue balls. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's just like, it's like you got served biblical edition. <laughs> Satan's throwing down some fucking twerking. That's you know great. Satan has a fat ass. Yeah, for <laughs> sure, man. But uh, yeah, God's great dance floor. Chris Tomlin, he's saying that with such earnest and passion. And like, and he sold it too. He was I didn't selling it. it. I'm like, God's great. What? <laughs> I thought dancing was evil. So even then you, you knew. Oh, dude, I could not stomach that one at all. There's no theology behind that one. It's just fill in the blank, surrender, start, heart. You'll never fail. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I'm going to dance so, on you. I just watched this CCM documentary about the history of CCM, and there was this, it sounded absurd of a claim, but it might, I don't know, there might be some credence to it, but there was this claim by somebody in the documentary that Chris Tomlin at one point might have been the most listened to musician in the world. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, because think about how many churches all across the, the yeah, world are singing his music. Songs. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. Like, I don't know if there's any data to actually prove it, but I was like, that actually sounds absurd, but actually might be true. Yeah. Other worship leaders would write songs and he would just take them and then just sing them again and fucking make him way more popular. So yeah, I don't doubt that at all. He was a songwriting machine. Yeah. That, that, but that song, I mean, the machine kind of broke at that part. Well, what the <laughs> hell that true. was. God's great. Dan oh, God, I can't, I can't even see the title anymore. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and have you perform that song. So now we have Josh Link performing God's Great Dance Floor. By I, would I, would have, I would have to end me after I played that song. <laughs> like, I can't exist in a world uh, where this is recorded. <laughs> so that, that's mine. That's my last one, Adrian. Worship song with the worst theology. I'm excited for this one. So this one I had to go with because to me, it is the quintessence of Boyfriend Jesus. Ooh. So this song is called The More I Seek You by Carrie Job. Oh. And... Yeah, so this one says, the more I seek you, the more I find you. The more I found you, the more I love you. And the chorus says, I want to sit at your feet, drink from the cup in your hand, lay back against you and breathe, feel your heartbeat. This love is so deep. It's more than I can stand. I melt in your peace. It's overwhelming. I remember hearing that song at like our Baptist church give, on a Sunday yeah, morning. Give the context. Well, it was just, I don't know what context you're referring to. Oh, the, the person <laughs> who sung it. In my experience, well, it was just... 
it was it was just a, like a Southern Baptist white woman who was like just you would not expect her to be singing borderline eroticism. Way too into it. It was really she was really passionate about about this like leaning back on Jesus's like muscular manly chest. And so Did she like accidentally slipped out like I haven't been touched in forever. <laughs> <laughs> yes, dude. that's exactly it. That's exactly it. It's it's like the, the whole song is such like a like warm fuzzy it was just getting really intimate with jesus you know like i just want to like like drag my fingertips through your chest hair jesus like it was <laughs> to me it's just kind of ridiculous and I, I don't know if theologic is like the worst theology because like there is a whole lot of theology about being really intimate with jesus and jesus knowing us intimately but i don't think even in the most kind of like relaxed interpretations and your heart i don't think that's what they're talking about this love is so deep mm. it's more than i can stand i can't even stand that's how deep it went like it's one thing to say like i can't stand you but like this like i can't stand up the love is so heavy <laughs> that's it yeah the love jesus is, real is heavy. so heavy he's heavy on he's it, heavy sure. on me yeah for sure i can't stand jesus yeah, he's heavy my yeah. story with that song was i remember hearing it for the first time when i was like in fifth or sixth grade and i had this crush from my my little elementary school and on msn messenger to Let's share go. my nice. love with my crush her name was Brittany. i literally copied and pasted those lyrics and sent them as if i came up with them and i sent them to her as if like it was like a poem that i had written to her and she just was like oh my god mason you like did that for me you you wrote that for me and i was like that's how i feel about you babe Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. I wait, am on, cringing. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So you said, I want to like drink from the cup in your hand. No, no, not that part. The, uh, the, the more I seek you, the more I find you, the more I find you, the more I love you. That little bit right there, oh, I okay, sent that okay. to her. And she was just like, her, her little 12-year-old heartbeat just like skipped for a second. Wow, wow. So out of curiosity, um, how did you feel about like bastardizing the Lord's music? <laughs> That's uh, you're like watching in, in church, like like chapel, and you're like, I can use this. I, I can use this to my advantage. <laughs> to my advantage, you were slimy. Good thing Google didn't exist back then. Brittany'd be like, Mason's a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. All right, so my last pick, my worship song with the worst theology, and this is just because of like the cringiness of penal substitution. It's just like the most penally substitutiony song, and that mm. is. Jesus paid it all. All right, so like the the lyrics of Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain and he washed it white as snow. I mean, it doesn't get more like, what, me? I'm the reason why Jesus died? Like that that song just like hammered that home. And it's just like the worst of worst theology. That song alone probably has caused lots of therapists to make lots of money. Oh, like yeah. right when you said that song, I yeah, I immediately thought how much Adrian and I played that song like at various camps. Oh my god, <laughs> it was like it was a default. And you washed it white as snow, and you'd repeat that line over and over again to build washed up. Washed it white as snow. Washed it. And you white. build up to the right, fucking right. bridge. Washed it. Washed. Like you slowly <laughs> they drop an, uh, a word at the end. Ridiculous. That's a good one. Oh, that one hurts. Oh, I can hear yeah. like the picking pattern in my head. <laughs> On the acoustic guitar. Oh God! Oh, yeah. I have a. Can I can I mention an honorable mention? Yeah. Okay. That totally. Pick, that hasn't been picked yet. Can I yeah, 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 yeah. So this, I didn't know this was based on a hymn, because when I heard it again in my Southern Baptist church, it was like, you know how like there was a season when like, like a vineyard or like New Life Worship would yeah. like take a hymn 
like add drums to it and then throw in like a chorus in the middle yeah, that yeah. didn't have anything to do with the hymn. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. So this was a song that they were singing. And even just like you did with Chris Tomlin, even as they're singing, I was like, I don't think this is what they're talking about. This song was called Fairest Lord Jesus. And basically it was based on a hymn, but they were singing it like really cool. And their whole hook was like, um, fair are the meadows, fair are still the woodlands, robed in the blooming garb of spring. My Jesus is fair. Jesus is pure who makes the heart to sing. And they were like, you are, they were singing to Jesus. You are fairer than the fairest of 10,000, lovelier than all I've ever seen. And I'm like, this is from Song of Solomon, right? <laughs> what, wasn't the whole like you're fairer than the fairest of 10,000? Yeah. Wasn't Solomon writing this to his lover or the, the, the person right. writing it, writing it to his lover? And so I, I just didn't think that's what. What was your fairest? Of the, what's sing it again? You are fairer yeah, than the fairest of 10,000. 10, okay. I'm singing again. Thousands. Lovelier than all I've ever seen. All I've ever seen. Loveliest. Jesus is the loveliest looking. Those pairs of gazelles. Yeah, that's exactly. I was like waiting for. So are you like going to climb his tree and grasp his fruit breast? Have they ever seen like a freshly made Reuben sandwich? I mean, that's definitely fairer that's than Jesus. fucking gorgeous. Yeah. I I just I love that audacity. Fairest of ten thousands. <laughs> just it was just such a ridiculous. I'm you like, are fairer than the fairest of five thousand seven hundred twenty-four. Like any number. <laughs> Even when I was like still a Calvinist, I was like, this is a stretch. This is a stretch. <laughs> the shit that we got away with, dude, is ridiculous. Yeah. All right. Any other honorable mentions from any of the categories, any of the rounds that we want to name? I feel like just because we did music so long, I could just harp on all the songs because they got to a point where it's just like Hillsong's doing the coolest shit. So we just got to throw anything together in very much the same formula of taking a hymn, adding something cool to it, a pad to it or whatnot. I would, I would give other honorable mentions, but Jesus paid it all. It hurts. That one stings. It's yeah. close to home. Yeah. That was Real very close, close to home. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, the, the the clockmaker one that was going to be one for my creationist thing, like finding a clock in the woods and mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. or the eyeballs. Another good one. Oh yeah, yeah. I would hear that one a lot too. That one's like always. Oh, the evolution couldn't make that. I'm like, oh my god. For my creationist science, the other one that I would have mentioned was the water canopy. That there was like that. There's something within the atmosphere that would potentially allow for this like catastrophic flood, where it would like it was basically this whole like water holding that if it like burst open, it could like totally flood the entire earth. That was one of them that I was like thinking of. That I remember that was like the one that I was absolutely convinced of as a kid. I'm like that absolutely happened. And and they use that to explain why there were like uh, either seashells or tropical stuff on mountains, because with the water canopy, it kept the entire earth or what they, we knew of it at the time at a very tropical condition. Right. Because there's like humidity and shit. I've, honestly, Mason, I haven't thought about that water canopy thing in years until you just brought it up. But that was I can picture the uh, the drawing, the illustration yeah, the graph of for it. Yeah. yeah. I remember God, that, too. It's wicked, dude. God, just it's just so funny. You Don't have like to it. make it make sense. Don't like it. Yeah. Adrian, do you have any good honorable mentions from any of the categories? You know, I pretty much have been rattling them off in real time. I don't think I have any honorable mentions. I would have mentioned the um, like the old earth, like God creating the earth old with like all oh. the trees had tree rings and stuff. Oh, that yeah. was kind of similar to like the dinosaur bones yeah. as a test. I would, yeah, I would hear that one too. 
but that that wasn't necessarily like apologetics. It was more like an alternative option, right? If you, if you didn't want to like support creationism, yeah. Um, I think it's it, man. I think we I think we nailed it. The only other one I would add is with the Christianese phrases. I was surprised that no one brought this one up, but everything happens for a reason. Especially from my like process theology lens, I was like, that's the one that is like the worst theology. But that one you hear all the time. In fact, uh, I forget, uh, Kate Bowler, I think is, is her name, that wrote a book. It's called Everything Happens for a Reason and Other Lies I've Told Myself. Whoa, oh, that's funny. That's a great title, right? Uh, but that that's another one you hear all the time. And even in like non-Christian context, but especially in Christian context, that's, a, that's one you hear all the time that is just the worst theology. All right, so let's recap our picks, and then we can maybe just briefly debate who might have the best team assembled of our picks. So, uh, Josh, do you want to go first? Just go straight through like what your picks were, and then then Adrian, and then myself. Sure. For the most cliche verse, uh, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. I for I know the plans I have for you. Come on now, um, cliche saying: hate the sin, love the sinner. Slappable face, John Piper. Creationist argument, a uh, banana argument was ridiculous. And uh, worst theologically written or whatever worship song, God's Great Dance Floor by the one and only Chris Tomlin. It's a pretty good nice. team, especially those first few picks. You nailed yeah. them. You yeah. nailed them. Good ones. All right. I had Second uh, Chronicles 7.14, if my people which are called by my name shall hover them, humble themselves, yada, yada, yada. Uh, Christianese phrase was cleanliness is next to godliness. Uh, my slappable Calvinist pastor was the one and only Mark Driscoll. Creationist evidence, I had shells on the tops of mountains. And the worship song, I had that Carrie Job song about Jesus' chest. <laughs> Just like the worst. <laughs> uh, mine, for first round, uh, most cliche Bible verse, Philippians 4.13. For my Christianese phrase with the worst theology, God helps those who help themselves. For my Calvinist pastor, who I want to slap the most, John MacArthur. For my favorite creationist science, it was that dinosaur bones were put in the ground to test your faith. And then for worship song with the worst theology was Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Okay, so with all of us, I don't know. Like, okay, we got to like, you know, don't advocate for another yeah. person. Advocate for yourself. So, wow. Josh, let's go oh, first. Shit. Say why, at least from like, oh, from an entire team standpoint, why is your team the best team? I'll start with the top. Everyone wants to slap John Piper. So there's that. <laughs> totally. And also the banana. The Okay. My first two picks were very strong. Hate the sin, love the sinner, Jeremiah 29, 11. But the banana thing is so insane and scientifically easy to, to disprove with science or just a quick Google search. <laughs> um, so with me, you get a, a slapping John Piper and you get to uh, research potassium and all the different ways to enjoy, uh, I almost said potatoes, uh, all different, I'm, I'm losing my mind, all the different ways to just enjoy uh, bananas. And also I have Kirk Cameron and Ray Comfort in, in my area. I mean, yeah. come on, who lo- who doesn't love a, a, an accent classic, from New Zealand? Yeah, comfort. that's where they feel more of the rings. Come on, man. Oh, man. Tolkien, if you like Tolkien, you're going you're gonna to choose my team. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> all right, Adrian, why should we pick your team? So I think when you look at a team, you want to see a team that's well-rounded, kind of diverse and kind of agile. And I would like to think that my picks are pretty diverse from like the first pick of kind of a very Christian nationalist, like MAGA, you know, like waving a a Trump flag Mm -hmm. to me, that checks that box. 
if you look at the Christianese phrase with the worst theology, it is very much like, like the classic evangelical parenting thing, right? Yeah. Like clean your room, you know, cause God wants you to, uh, Calvinist pastor. It's Mark Driscoll, man. Mark Driscoll is like the biggest asshole that has caused the most tr trauma to any Calvinist man, because they thought they just weren't buff enough or mm -hmm. didn't have enough like Ed Hardy t-shirts. Uh, craziness <laughs> evidence. I think that's more of like, kind of like a, that's like a, a curveball maybe for those who like, were like, trying to be really apologetic and sharp in college group and then worship songs, man. If you don't think that the worst theology is like boyfriend sex with Jesus, like, I don't know, you know, to me, I think it's pretty well-rounded. That is pretty okay. well-rounded. Uh, the one thing I do like about all of our picks is I do feel like each one of us has like the best pick for a particular round. Uh, and sure. so at least like, it, it's not like every one of you is hoarding the best picks. This is a, a really good toss up. I, so Philippians 4.13, even in non-Christian circles, it's like the yeah. most cliche. Yeah. You hear it everywhere. It might be yeah. even more cliche than John 3.16 uh, or even Jeremiah 29.11. Like you just hear it everywhere. Uh, so I feel like that's a good pick. I, again, along those lines, like everybody hears the phrase, God helps those who help themselves. You just hear it everywhere, even in non-Christian contexts. So I, I think that's a really good pick. Uh, I will say probably one of my worst picks is John MacArthur, but that's because you two just picked the two best other Calvinist pastors. But uh, John MacArthur, I still think is a solid pick. Somebody who really want to still slap. Uh, dinosaur bones uh, put in the ground to test your faith, like the most classic creationist evidence that you hear. Uh, I feel like even people who didn't grow up in creationism, like they've heard that nonsense at some point, uh, that like there are Christians that believe that dinosaur bones were put in the ground to test faith. And then Jesus paid it all. I mean, think of like, especially the people that listen to your podcast, think of how many of them have been like so traumatized by the idea that their sin killed Jesus. Sure. I don't know if you get a worse theology uh, with a worship song than that. Uh, so I think I have a pretty good team too, but you guys have some really good picks as well. This is a good toss up. So with that said, I'm hoping that we can put our teams up to vote for our entire communities to to vote on them. So whether it's on Twitter and or Instagram or wherever, uh, hopefully we can get that somewhere posted on Instagram or Twitter yeah. and uh, people can get them vote, you know, vote for maybe like a, a few days or whatever. And we'll see who wins. I don't know. I, I think I have a good team. I think you guys have a good team. This is a I think if people really looked at this fairly between like all the picks, it, it could be really a good toss up. I, it, it might be I close. I do want to see someone in our community animate something slapping John Piper's face like a gif. <laughs> oh, I'm sure somebody get our, our animator bad apples. Yeah. Just, I don't even, I don't even Joshua want to Joshua Link <laughs> slapping John Piper across no, the Not face. me, just like a No, like Joshua a Link personally. Okay, sure. Yeah, <laughs> with a fish. That. Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, I just want to see that happen. I would love to see that. That would be the biggest win of it all. But uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe one of us will win. I, I don't know. We've got, a, we've got some really good teams. It'll be a toss up. But with that Great. said, uh, be on the lookout for links and whatnot to find a way to vote. Uh, and yeah, we want to hear from you all who you think has the best ex-evangelical theology team. So uh, thanks again for listening. Thank you guys for hanging out. This was really fun. Hopefully you guys had fun. Uh, I, th I find these kind of like drafts kind of interesting and goofy and it's so ridiculous to talk about some of the things that we all grew up in. And uh, yeah, hopefully you guys had fun. And uh, yeah, thanks again, you guys. This was fun. Thanks for having us. It was definitely, uh, like I said at the top, I had to go through my brain and Yep. Pull out some old file cabinets and kind of yep. rifle through some stuff that I thought was long forgotten. Now I need to rapidly brain dump this just like Satan rapidly brain dumped all those dinosaur <laughs> bones out into the world. Music.
If you would like to connect with Adrian, Josh, and Trey in their work, you can find links in the episode description. Thank you again for listening to another episode of A People's Theology. If you liked what you heard, please give the podcast a five-star rating and review. Also, please support the podcast at my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Mason Menega. And remember, friends, go and be the theology to the world that inspires and liberates. I'm